Commanders and welcome to episode 97 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, second technician, Fozzer Forrester, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder this evening are Head of Station Entertainments, Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Hello, how are we doing? Good evening, sir. We have Lave Station's Chief Bar Steward, Mr. Grant Psychocal Wilcott. Good evening. <laughs> we have the station's head of health and safety, Mr. Ben Moss Woodward. I managed to kill Eddie. <laughs> and joining us as a as a as a, I was going to say a victim, but obviously as a guest, we have the wonderful Zach Antonacci from Frontier. Hello, everyone. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm very well. Yourselves? Yeah, not doing too badly, actually. Not doing too badly at all. Uh, let's quickly go around the group and find out what everybody's been up to this week, uh, starting with uh, Grant. Right, what have I been up to? A billion and one things, and my head is spinning, actually, from it. I have not played much Elite this week, because a certain other game came out, and uh, I've always been addicted to it, and that's XCOM 2, and I am still addicted to it. And it is frustratingly difficult, (laughs) but thoroughly enjoyable. I'll get back into Elite, so you always go back to Elite, but for the time being, I've been stuck in that game. Uh, Rubbish, I I could have sworn you were just about to say it was European Trucking Simulator that you just downloaded there, but uh, so no, XCOM 2 you've been playing. Yeah, I've got European European Truck Simulator, but it doesn't let you crush cars and stuff like that, so the mayhem factor's not in there, so um, I don't think I would enjoy sitting, you know, driving's enjoyable in the real world, I can't imagine enjoying it for like two to three hours sitting on a road in traffic, no, just no, no, but yeah, it looks good, it's an interesting game, my son loves it. And uh, also, I've been finishing off the scheduling on the Live Radio 24-hour radio stream, which is now in place and should now be functioning 24 hours a day. And we've got all the music up there. We've overhauled the live radio page. You'll now see that there's a artist contributing or a contributing artists page that will list all the different people that we have with links to their SoundClouds. So thank you to all for letting us stream your music. And if you are a musician, do get in touch. Uh, there's an information there of how to get in touch and let us know if you want us to stream your stuff on our stream as well and also Elite Meet website went live this week and we put tickets on sale so we've been doing a little bits and pieces there currently at the moment we're trying to get some of our domain names to work with it um, this should be fine it's just a case of there's a peculiarity that doesn't seem to want to go away and we're just going to hammer that one tomorrow morning and hopefully get that up running but We'll talk about that later on. Perfect stuff. And just just uh, so I'm clear in my uh, my mind, our stream, our 24-hour stream, is still all music inspired by space or inspired by Elite or Frontier and that sort of thing, is it? 
Yeah, it's it's definitely it's using the the elite uh, inspired group from SoundCloud, and we've also got some other little bits and pieces. It's mostly sort of uh, mood music, but it's all. Uh, kind of instrumental I don't think we've got anything with vocals up yet I'm working on getting some different flavours of music up there but uh, we have, we're in early days so first thing was to get the stream running and then get the information on it and get it up and scheduled before we start to uh, adapt. Obviously it's got the podcasts uh, that we've had all there playing there, we've got Escape Velocity playing, uh, I've put up some Drabble shows as well so that we've got a good range of content throughout the week and it will change each day so if you're a 6pm player you'll get different content every night which will be good Perfect stuff and you can just promise people when you say you're going to get people with vocals on the uh, the Trevor and Simon, the Pink Custard Lay radio song has not made it onto the stream has it? it it's it, it, yes it's there <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't put the stream up and not have that on. that's just got to be there I think people are probably going to disagree with that uh, Ben what have you been up to this week? Well, I want to find out do we have any Commander Human on the stream? You just, you just watch your you just <laughs> shut up no we don't <laughs> We don't. But, but then equally, we've not got any um, Psycho Cow-inspired music either, so... Oh, I've been we need equally, some Susan Boyles. Not really. See, again, it comes down to we don't want to have to pay the evil man for for, mm. just, for those ridiculous rates, because unfortunately the amount of time and the amount of people that listen to the, the 24-hour stream is, is exceptional, but because we don't raise funds to cover the costs of the likes of media rights, uh, it would be extremely prohibitive if we were to go down that route so it's nice to be able to promote people from the community and their music and their amazing talents uh, but we can't really continue to furnish the pockets of Kanye West and Rihanna uh, so they'll just have to do without our help Okay, no worries So Ben, what have you been up to? Right, well, in-game I've been doing some stuff with the Pal- uh, Paladin Consortium. We had a great community goal up the other day, up in their home base, where we were. They needed water for freeing their slaves, I think it was, or something along those lines. But also you could sort of maybe smuggle their slaves out of their station and into Federation systems. So I'm not quite sure whether they liked us doing that or whether they didn't, but it certainly made me a nice lot of money. Um, so that was that was fun, and I also managed to get to Tycoon in my rankings, which I think is the top-rated trading one, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, um, yeah, I think it is. Isn't it Tycoon, or is it Entrepreneur? I can't remember. We'll have a look. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> um, I've been also playing a spot of Fallout 4, but I'm not allowed to say anything about that in case I spoil it for you, Fozza. Sorry! And then, as some of our listeners know, we've been setting up a Discord server. So I've been trying to get that set up and working with oh, Commander Builder Beast and a little bit with Commander Vang Dian and making a few bots for that for just doing a few bits and bats. We're doing, looking at doing a convoy bot and then another bot that can maybe do things like look up the wiki or maybe play some music. Just things like that that we think could be handy, which we can get to play on our Discord channel. 
Okay, well, obviously we've had a <laughs> we've had a few people commenting in the in the chat channel when you're saying that tycoon is obviously the highest rank you can get in trading, which is rubbish because obviously the highest rank you can get in any rank is elite. Um, so <laughs> yes, so tycoon is one off. So you're at the penultimate level until you oh, get okay. to elite. But uh, what is it? it's uh, 381 million to get to tycoon in trading, and in order to get to elite, you need to have one billion. One billion eleven million eight hundred twenty-eight thousand eight hundred forty credits made. So you've got a little oh, way to I'll go be before you get to the top of the tree. Yeah, <laughs> we bit you off. A way bit off. It will probably take you a few, a few, a few more weeks, shall we say? Um, <laughs> Mr. Jarvis, what have you been up to? Yeah, just people watching the Twitch stream will have seen that I'm just. Uh, I've just filled my hold with stuff to do a, a mission to a planet surface and then realised that filling my cargo hold has actually left me without my insurance cost, which probably oh. isn't a good idea if I'm going to try and land on the stream. So I've just <laughs> I've made a bit of a loss. I've sold a few tonnes back just so that in, oh. case I, in case I very appropriately for tonight pancake on the surface, um, I will actually be able to get my ass back. Uh, what have I been doing? I've been... Uh, <laughs> I've actually been, uh, the studio's been back in recording mode. Uh, we've had to get my ass back. Oh, I could hear myself. That was a bit weird. Um, uh, and uh, I've had Amy in the studio recording her parts as a uh, May for, uh, escape velocity. So that's been exciting. Um, it's been great to actually kind of, like I say, get the studio back in recording mode, uh, and actually get some of those escape velocity scripts back into, uh yeah back into actors hands um although i've had to, uh people will have seen on the, the the escape velocity patreon um that i've been talking to um verity croft who obviously does the voices of some of the um in-game uh the the sort of ship computer voices um and she's interested in the the, the concept of, of coming and basically recording the computer voices for Escape Velocity, because obviously being an audio drama, because we don't have a visual element, there's an awful lot of stuff that the game communicates using text that in an audio drama we kind of need the ship to say to you. Um, so we've sort of scripted the ships in Escape Velocity to say a lot more than they do in game. Um, so it would just be absolutely fantastic if we could get Verity to come and kind of provide us with that level of consistency so that... Um, uh, yeah, Escape Velocity sounds as much like the game as possible um, but it does just mean because she's got a bit of a journey on her hands uh, to come over here and record that actually um, we kind of need to, to do her bits at six episodes at a time rather than three which is what I was originally planning with my local actors so it just means a little bit more writing um, but it should pay off uh, and in terms of paying off we do have a stretch goal on the Patreon uh, to be able to afford Verity's wonderful services uh, we're currently on about $934 if we can get to $1000 that would very comfortably pay for, for Verity's involvement uh, and it just really needs a few more people to go and support our Escape Velocity Patreon uh, which is patreon.com forward slash radio theatre workshop if anybody would like to go and support the series uh, and enjoy some wonderful behind the scenes updates i've already given the, the patreon backers i've had a nice little selfie video uh, of amy and i recording in the studio and a little sort of audio interview between myself and amy talking about what she's just recorded so there'll be all kinds of behind the scenes stuff going on in the run-up to uh, the new series starting uh, and of course there's all kinds of funky things like usb cards and um, live chats and, and demonstrations of kind of scene editing and all those sorts of things. Okay, and I've also been. I've also been playing your... XCOM two. 
I was going to say, <laughs> I've also been watching you in the chat stream and you've talked about nothing apart from XCOM 2 since it came out. So give us a brief update on that. I've been looking forward to XCOM 2 for a very long time. Do you ever have one of these things where you're really looking forward to meeting someone for ages and when you meet them, they absolutely hate you? That yeah, is Grand XCOM Cop. 2. Yeah. <laughs> XCOM 2 hates me more than any other game has ever hated me. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I love it, but it, it, it wants to see me dead. Um, and, and will stop at nothing to ensure that I, that I do not enjoy, you know, enjoy my time with it. No, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's very tough. I mean, I thought the first XCOM uh, was tough, but this one, you kind of think, you know, sometimes you come across a unit in a game and you think, oh, that uh, unit's a bit overpowered. In XCOM 2, they're all overpowered. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, and I'm not, I'm not um, to give a balanced review, I'm not 100% sold on the Geoscape side of the game just yet. Okay. It sort of feels a little bit like they've prov- tried to provide a sort of free-form, strategic, sort of upper level to the game. Um, but I find most of the time the game is trying to get you to go and do the next mission that it thinks you should be doing next. So at the moment, it feels a bit like a linear game, giving the illusion of a free approach. Um, but that might just be that I'm in the very early stages of the game and it hasn't properly opened up yet. But that's, that's just my gut feeling so far. But I'm loving, the, I'm loving the deployment missions. They're amazing. Cool. Great stuff. Okay. And finally, the wonderful Zach. What have you been up to this week, sir? Uh, well, obviously, aside from work during the week, uh, on downtime with... You know, family and stuff like that but other than that i've been I took part with ben in the paladin consortium cg and before that i was uh taking part in the Brestler cg as well getting a getting a bit of a a feel for the community specific ones um and now i'm still i tell you i'm not i'm i'm uh I, i'm still pretty much on a daily basis doing uh elite i'm doing um rare trade runs at the moment or a rare trade ring in fact i'm quite close to lave at the moment Ah, and what sort of stuff? Are you, what sort of stuff are you transporting around? And what are you transporting them around, just in case there's any pirates out there that might be up for a quick fix of rares? I'm I'm transporting nothing of any value whatsoever. <laughs> uh, not that we have a few pirates hanging around outside Lave Station, but you know, they, they, we do we do get them from time to time. They got to find me first. <laughs> yeah, is that because you're you're hiding in solo, or are you just purely playing in the open? No, no, I only play in open, um, but I, I'm, I'm in my personal account that I use rather than um, the account that kind of if I used, like, for example, if we were doing uh, when we had the Educating Ed um, mm. and I sort of flew as part of the ESS on that side, um, obviously we've got a work account that we'll sort of bump up and, and can have whatever is needed for that event, but I've actually got a personal account that kind of starts from scratch and is pure and untouched by anything, um, any any uh, tricks or any yeah. updates or anything else like that so it's, it's completely pure and just done um completely all the way through so it's it's a personal account that people wouldn't necessarily know so that's why they won't find that out. that's fine that's very interesting so just out of curiosity what, what's your personal account uh, commander name zach <laughs> oh i'm sorry we seem to have lost that momentarily <laughs> 
Uh, okay, um, what we'll do then is we're going to go to some development news, and there's been a few considering that we uh, we had a conclave episode last week. So it's time to catch up with some development news, and then our main topic for this week is actually the exciting stuff that's happened with the Elite Dangerous store and various product informations around the Horizon season. So after this advert, we'll be right back with some development news. I was overseeing the delivery of some slaves to the starport in Exios, and a cleaning robot had just washed the floor, but not left a warning sign. I had to run after a slave that was escaping, and I slipped and fractured my wrist. I was delayed for ten whole minutes while the medicomp repaired the damage. My time is billable. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was on a regular trading room back to Seoul, and it was my job to repaint the outside of the ship. I was given the wrong kind of EVA clamps, Nothing bad actually happened, but it did give me a fright. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was checking some robots through customs when I distinctly heard an official call the robots clanks. I was deeply offended, even though I'm not a robot myself. That's their word. You're not allowed to use it. Can I claim for moral outrage? Yes, you can. At Cowell and McGrath, we are now taking any kind of legal action. No case too small, no justification too frivolous. If you've been lightly inconvenienced, embarrassed, or in any way put out, then someone should be made to give you money. Don't be a stupid clank. Uh, excuse me? Cowell and McGrath, taking on any case, playing the percentages. Hi. I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr. and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name's Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leasty to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard working blue collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent. That sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts. No need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Finderlist Cryogenics, now at your local spaceport. Finderlist Cryogenics, because the family that grows old together goes cold together. Okay, and after a few technical difficulties, the Orange Sidewinder is back up and running. A uh, quick jump from Skype to TeamSpeak. So we are going to jump straight into the development news now. So starting off with um, the Ely Patch 2.0.05. Now, normally when I find that Ben's put one of these things in the show notes, I, I dread opening it 
because normally it's around about four or five pages worth of updates. This one, however, was quite nice. This one is just translation updates and fix for settlements and barnacles sometimes not appearing and a few server fixes. So when was that dated? That was dated on the uh, 1st of February. So hopefully you guys have noticed that the things have been a little bit more reliable and uh, you've been looking at barnacles and they've actually appeared when they're supposed to have appeared. Uh, yeah. I've had no problems with barnacles. Uh, I'm sure you could have also passed that off. Yeah, I don't know if you had to come clean and admit that was a bug. I think you could have just said, well, sometimes the barnacles just disappear. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's all fixed. Um, next update we have from the 21st of January. This one is about artificial intelligence. Now, I'm glad this one's raised its head again because at the last LaveCon 2015, we had the wonderful, uh, is it Sarah Jane Avery? Yup. And uh, we were able to have a few beers with her, and she had been working on changes to the artificial intelligence, basically the you know the stuff that controls all the uh, the non-player controlled ships, the NPCs. And she was very, I mean, she talked really, really passionately about the um, the stuff that she'd done, so that the um, sort of the lower grade ships. So if you you found someone that was mostly harmless or harmless, you know, they weren't really going to be that great flyers. Um, yet on the other side of the spectrum, if you came across someone that was dangerous dangerous or you know elite yeah these guys really were dangerous they really were someone that you wanted to you know do your brave sir robin and run away from um so basically this is all coming out in uh, in the next release which is 2.04 so we've got some changes to the artificial intelligence and these things uh <laughs> with these things will sort of uh, have an effect for people like me who like to fly backwards in combat supposedly i'm not going to be able to fly backwards shooting at npcs anymore um, they're going to do various things such as uh, energy weapons. Yeah, if uh, AI ships run their energy weapons so hot that they glow, obviously they'll have to stop firing. They're going to uh, do less spam chaffing uh, and only use the sort of spam, uh, only use the chaff rather if they're taking damage and their opponents are using gimbals or turrets. So basically, the the AI changes that Sarah talked to us about uh, LaveCon last year are finally making it into the game, which is great because. Uh, I think she was a little bit upset that these things were being shelved, but obviously they've just been sort of pushed back as opposed to actually cancelled. Uh, what do you guys think of this, Ben? I'm more for it. I love the idea of the stuff, and hell from the way that Sarah was talking about how passionate she is about her minions. And yeah, I'm, I'm all for <laughs> making things more difficult. I mean, I think I, I've always, always said I want to go to Readquat or somewhere, and I want to be afraid. I really do. And at the moment, I'm just not. <laughs> what, in terms of the fact that, you know, a dangerous uh, pilot is exactly the same as a mostly harmless pilot? It's, it's that, but it's also... To be polite, the bots do cheat a little bit. Um, and that annoys me just from a immersion point of view. And we don't like breaking immersion. Also... No, we definitely don't. No. <laughs> um, but... I get my, as I was finding out, I usually get my arse handed me when I'm playing CQC. Yet, I'm not even scared of eight pythons and anacondas in the game. Um, even if I'm not flying a dedicated combat vessel, they're not that scary. And I want them to be, I really do. Yeah, I think my most, uh, my most terrifying encounter in the game has been when uh, I was scooping up some gold, and it was obviously a trap, and then suddenly out of nowhere... And I thought I was pretty safe. You know, I thought I was flying around in an anaconda. And granted, it was a trade-built anaconda. Um, but I followed this uh, unknown signal source. I dropped out. There was some gold there. And, 
foolishly, just like Chewbacca did in Return of the Jedi, I picked it up, and out of nowhere, three anacondas appeared in space. Now, yeah, even had an opportunity to check what the AI was like on these three anacondas because they blew me up in less than 10 seconds. Um, but I did have a very, very scary, very sort of sphincter-twitching 10 seconds as I realised there was no way I was going to be able to get out of there uh, in time. But apart from that, you know, the, the general sort of uh, pilot's uh, level of AI uh, has needed to be improved and changed slightly. So uh, all credit to, uh, to Sarah for the work that she's done. It's great to see it actually in-game. So... Uh, moving on to the next update uh, from the wonderful Mr. Brooks. And this one is an exciting one. This one is all about mission news. Um, who wants to start with us? Ben, take us through this one. Now, this one, as as you said, is all about the missions. And we're getting a whole load more personalization in the missions that are coming out. We're going to be obviously working with our engineers that are coming in the next patch. We're going to get faces to the missions. And we're going to get more... We're going to get richer... It sounds like we're going to be getting richer in storyline-based missions, almost. And I think that's all very exciting. I, I I really do want the story of Elite, which is there. I mean, it's some people may find it a wee bit hard to find, but it really is there. But it's just... It's not front and centre, shall we say. And I think that getting your, your, your missions and the stories in the missions front and centre will just make life a lot better for everybody. It just, it just pulls it all in together, and I think that's a massive improvement, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, what Michael's talking about here is that, obviously, the missions are going to be a key component of the game going forward, and this is good because one of the things I really enjoyed about Frontier was the, the mission elements. I know it was uh, just a, a floating head in, on the bulletin board screen, but in that, that just a simple thing of having that sort of avatar, that face, that sort of personal connection to the mission that you were doing um, seemed a lot more real and a lot more immersive uh, than the stuff that we've currently had in Elite Dangers, where we obviously just have the, the orange wall of text on the bulletin board um so what michael's talking about here is all about sort of um some five key goals that they're trying to uh, to bring in for the 2.1 update which is obviously engineers so they've got uh personalization progression variety consequences and rewards that the, that's the the five goals that they've broken down uh, the update into and obviously the one we're talking about this week is personalization so there will be even though we haven't got the uh the commander uh, avatar creator there will be uh, faces going along with all these missions and there will be a permanent presence um, in the bulletin boards so you will actually interact with the same person time and time again and they will remember your reputation with that particular faction and your reputation with them will have a bearing on how they treat you and I'm hoping it will have a bearing on how they talk to you so obviously when they, you know, they first meet you and your reputation is you know scum of the earth we don't know you they're quite hostile you know quite similar to the way that the uh, the, the space stations are currently when you first you know dock in a station that doesn't know you particularly well uh, with a faction you know they're quite abrupt and I quite like that because um, it always gives you a sort of a nice warm fuzzy feeling inside when you've done enough with that particular faction where they actually welcome you to the docking port or you know if you do a little bit more and they say well, you're a welcome trusted ally or or whatever the particular code is so I'm, I'm looking forward to having just simple things like that brought into this sort of personalization uh in the missions because uh, i have to say the whole wall of orange text has put me off uh going anywhere near the missions i've done various bits and pieces i've done the sort of the long-range smuggler stuff and you know you do the stuff for the um uh, the community goals but in terms of actually doing things like ranking up uh in the various militaries i love doing that in frontier but i've just found that so 
difficult to sort of understand and get my head around exactly what I need to do in Elite Dangerous. Like I've literally just sort of steered away from it, haven't done any of it at all. So, Jarvis, you're another one for missions. What do you think of this particular um, update <clears throat> that they're going to do? I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I, I knew I've said previously on the show that I'm kind of excited about the uh the you know the sort of the what you know what we used to call the tier two npcs uh and establishing that kind of relationship with the faction and having the idea that people are kind of bringing you missions and that you're working for them and increasing your reputation with them all of that is absolutely brilliant for me i do want to you know we have talked previously about some of the problems that there currently are with the missions i found the last month or so apples um quite difficult to kind of really because i like to play missions and there's a few of the missions that are a little bit broken at the moment so i'm i'm personally finding it a bit hard to enjoy myself uh, at the present moment so i'm I'm really looking forward to this update uh, and i'm hopeful that we're going to see some uh fixes to those missions that'd be good okay grant i want to see the really sad and upset faces of the people that give me missions when i return empty-handed having failed them miserably <laughs> and just it'd be awesome if it was dynamic and you know every time you go there they just like you know sitting there they're getting grumpier and grumpier until eventually when you go into that mission board it's just the back of their head <laughs> I quite like the idea of there being sort of like a, a sterner expression on their face if you if you come back and you haven't achieved what they've sent you out to achieve, um, and a more sort of congenial uh, look on their face if yeah, as you rank up. I don't know if that's particularly possible. These are going to be sort of uh, static images for each one. Uh, hopefully, we haven't just put a whole load of extra work on somebody's well, yeah, if, uh, development if, desk back at front. If only we had somebody here that we could ask that question to. If only we had somebody <laughs> from Frontier that could maybe possibly tell us that. Oh yeah, yeah, the faces will change if you get angry. Even also the other thing is, of course, if um, it was linked into the likes of what's going on. So if that particular minor faction was getting absolutely hammered out of the system, it'd be nice to see the picture of that person's face becoming bruised. And their clothes dishevelled. Oh, sorry. If only, hey. If only you had someone here that could answer this question. <laughs> uh, Zach, I mean, let's let's put you put you in a, a different position. Uh, what are you looking forward to? I mean, obviously, two point four, uh, two point one is coming out. The engineers. Two point four. Uh, Sorry, 2.1 is coming out, which is obviously the engineer's update. Um, what in particular are you looking forward to about that update? Um, listen, I, th- I think actually, I know you guys, sorry for the technical difficulties, by the way. I know you guys were talking about um, the AI uh, stuff a little while ago. I think for me, the biggest thing actually is is missions from the 2.1 update. That's the, the mission changes that you're talking about now. I think, and, and I think everyone's touched on it. I think just having that that face, that personability, that kind of, you know, that, that human-esque element as you as you arrive, I think that, that for me is something really, really exciting as you kind of go to different areas. So certainly I think the missions are, are the key area for me. Absolutely. And uh, just thinking more a little bit about what, uh, what Grant was saying, if that faction was doing uh, doing uh, poorly in the uh, in any sort of civil wars or anything, I think it would be quite nice to see their clothes come you know, become slightly more disheveled or you know a few more cuts or you know tears in their uniform and you know, their hair slightly out of place. Just to totally, uh, you know, it gives you a nice sort of visual cue as to how that faction is getting on within the uh, within the particular system. <laughs> Grant. 
even then when you you log back in after a particularly bad couple of weeks and you find out it's not the same person anymore, <laughs> they've been sacked <laughs> and there's a nice new person with a smiley face there in their place. I think it would it would certainly add a little bit of you know dynamicness to the missions. Uh, uh, and even if even if you had more than one contact in a particular minor faction, um, that would be quite an interesting. But obviously, uh, I would imagine that the first thing first is to get one picture for one minor faction character, yeah. and it's just going to be linking that to a name. But it might be nice to have a sort of range of them. Um, obviously, you know, when you've got one out at Hutton Orbital, you're not expecting to see that guy any other station, because frankly, they're going to be stuck there because of the time difference it takes for them to get back there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's. I know that's kind of like the minor part of it because obviously the, the mission details are going to be the exciting parts. They're going to be the bits that really uh, spark your imagination when you get a different type of mission or a mission that just has a degree of extra danger attached to it. That you know, if you're sent on a delivery mission, to know that you're being hunted and to see those characters. You know, like um, when you do a smuggling mission at the moment, you you know that when you arrive when you do your first jump, get in close to the sun and then spin your backside round so you're pointing your backside at the sun and then what you're doing there is you're forcing anybody that's coming to interdict you to fly too close to the sun and you watch them drop off the radar and then you can then make your getaway and it's having that kind of fear factor in missions would be excellent, would be excellent Okay, uh, you might have a look at your uh, your settings. You sounded like Marvin the robot for that entire sort of disco that you just had, mate. Um, you were roboting really, really badly. So uh, I'm cool. we'll come back to you and just that again, but nice and clearly. Um, but yeah, and uh, just reading the uh, the update that um, you know, certain times you will actually be dealing with more important members of the uh, organisation or even uh, sterner types if your reputation is lacking. This will be reinforced by a new greeting message when docking to reflect your status with the station. So obviously the guys at Frontier have already got all of this on uh, on board. Uh, just the last thing before we move away from this, um, one of the things that I do think is quite nice is that uh, this new sort of face, this new sort of you know personal approach to describing what happens in missions uh, will also go some way to describing what impact your, uh, your efforts on the particular mission is having and helping with um, with a particular faction, so it will communicate the the galactic simulation states and trends a little bit more effectively. And I think that is something that would be quite useful because obviously at the end of all these missions, you know, you get the you know plus this for civil disorder and minus that for for lawfulness or, or whatever. But um, I find that quite difficult to follow. I mean, maybe it's just me being a bit you know a bit stupid, but um, to have that sort of laid out in a you know, an easier manner, I think will actually be quite uh, uh, quite helpful. Moving on slightly. Apologies for all the uh, the technical difficulties we're having with this. I think this might be our our last podcast using Skype and Teamspeak. I think we might have to look for a different avenue because uh, these two have been playing up quite badly over the last couple of days. Uh, sorry, the last couple of weeks. So, okay, let's go on to um, Pack South now. Zach, were you at Pack, sir, or did they leave you behind holding the baby? Uh, I was. I'm not sure who the baby was, but I was left behind holding the baby. So yes, we uh, we had Ed uh, valiantly, and he did an incredible job uh, of going out there, and he did so many different things. It was it was really really awesome. But yeah, no. So he went out there um, and covered everything from packs. Brilliant stuff. Do you want to give us a quick overview of how you felt it went from uh, you know, from Frontier's point of view? 
Sure. I mean, so did a number of different things. I, I don't know how many of you got to see the um, the the live streams that went on from the show floor, uh, but he very much kind of. I, th- I think one of the things we really want to do across the board at events isn't just about making so so in terms of like gamescom last year where we had uh we got to talk about uh horizons and planetary landings and everything else that was coming with it um and we had all the the live streams and everything else what we want to do is try and make it as inclusive as possible for the entire community to come together at those different events and it's not always that we have something huge that we're talking about but it's always fantastic for us to be able to bring people into that so that was kind of our thought process when we were doing it so we had the event and obviously at these events you have numbers of stations um set up for people to come and try and demo the game we have fantastic ambassadors that are there and they're helping supporting people getting into the game um and showing them kind of the how to how to get straight in and playing and and as easy a a transition as they can into there um but in addition we had the live streaming from the show floor which was um really really great had a number of different guest streamers joining throughout the day we also had for the first time ever we did it so that um, um, we had a, an exclusive PAX uh, paint job, which um, <laughs> we had a, an exclusive PAX paint job, which we gave to everyone, and everyone was able to get one. Um, all they had to do was, I mean, I say all they had to do was come on and, and watch a bit of the stream, but they didn't because we also posted it out on other networks, and you guys posted out the, the link as well. So that then will be uh, added to everyone that registered on there for their account. So we're kind of making it as accessible as possible. Ed also. Uh, he did a few bits with a couple of uh, press outlets came and said hello and he also had uh, he did like a a streaming uh, panel as well so he was super super busy but really really worth it he came back absolutely buzzing the amount of times that you had like i was getting whatsapps from him at random o'clock in the morning (laughs) and he just he was brilliant he really was yeah i mean looking at it i saw a lot of interviews coming out of uh, of packs and i i mean that boy must have been so busy because uh, every single interview i seem to see coming out of packs uh, ed lewis was at the the forefront of it uh, and yeah he's done a great job because uh, i mean what was the last one i was reading it was uh, mmorpg uh, did a really good uh, article uh, the guy the interviewer was basically saying that you know he's not really up sp- into uh, space sims at all he's you know he doesn't want to get sort of blown out of the out of his cockpit by the likes of Star Citizen or the likes of EVE Online, which he's played previously. And he wasn't really interested in a bit dangerous because, again, he was going to, th- he thought it was more of the same. But, you know, Ed, Ed took him by the hand. He walked him through the, uh, the game and the various different options and the various different uh, career paths that you can take on it. Walked him through uh, planetary landings uh, and all the stuff that's coming out in Horizons. And, yeah, the guy went away at the end of it and said, actually, maybe Elite's not so dangerous after all. You know, maybe this is a game that I could uh, actually get involved in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was just one interview where Ed seemed to be working his magic on the crowd, which is uh, fantastic to see. Although, interestingly... Sorry, I was going to say, interestingly, from that uh, the article, uh, there seemed to be a little bit of confusion that was picked up by the uh, by the community uh, regarding the the latest updates in terms of uh, uh, in terms of crafting. The guy obviously got the wrong end of the stick, saying that you know these won't be uh, vertical updates uh, upgrades rather that you can craft. They won't be better lasers, for instance, but rather cosmetic upgrades like different colours for your lasers. <laughs> I think everybody in the uh, everybody in the forums, everybody in the community read that and thought, well, that, that's not what we've been told. Uh, and obviously went uh, went bananas. Uh, but fortunately, Sandro came back on and said, just to let you know, looting and crafting is not cosmetic. Modules will be obtained, uh, will have real benefits and potentially real drawbacks. 
Jarvis, what did you think when you read that news? I'm not sure what to say that you haven't already said. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, um, you know. I didn't want to just bounce it straight back to Zach, but uh, I tell you what, why don't we just bounce it straight back to Zach? Zach, what did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, so the first thing I would say is, I think what's what's really lovely, going back to the very, very beginning of that, is the article and how nice it was and everything else. And I think, like, everyone, and, and it's so nice because it is such a tight-knit kind of group of people and community and everyone that kind of plays together. What's really nice is anyone that's met Ed, anyone that's probably watched anything on the stream, they can see how much energy and passion he has for the game. So if anyone's going to turn around and and, and talk about how amazing the game is and how rich everyone and how, how all these communities are doing amazing things, then it's, it's, it's Ed. So it's great that he got you know that he got the guy and helped him and took him by the hand and and you know explained all these different elements yes there was a bit of a, a misquote in there and i think edward uh would 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 uh very much attest to it being a, a misquote but yes the um, <laughs> the you know good job on sandy kind of going back and, and covering that that you know something that we've we've said continuously throughout is that you know there are actual upgrades and and it's, it is actually going to affect modules and things like that so it's, it is something that you know we want to make sure is clear for everyone but you know sometimes these things happen yeah no absolutely and uh yeah it's nice that Sandy went straight out there and uh, and put it right. Because um, I have to say, the, the crafting was an element of the um, yeah, the latest uh, update that uh, wasn't something that particularly grabbed me, whether it's because I've uh, you know, heard too many people in World of Warcraft talking about the grind of going and collecting rabbit pelts and stuff like that and trying to build them into swords or, or whatever. But um, yeah, the fact that these things are actually going to have an impact in game uh, and open up new avenues of gameplay. I think uh, last week on the Conclave, uh, Dave uh, Van Tien, um described a situation uh, quite nicely where he said that, you know, for some explorers, there are you know, places in the galaxy that you can't actually reach with current jump drive technology. So if there are, you know, upgrades that you can get by doing some crafting on planets that allow your jump drive to jump, to jump that a little bit further, it potentially could open up a whole new stretch of the, the galaxy that's previously been unexplored. And just hearing that, you're thinking, actually, yeah, you know, that sort of thing I can get on board with. You know, that, that crafting would really, yeah, I could see me doing that. Um, as I'm terrible at uh, combat, I don't think I'll be doing the lasers. Or then again, because I'm terrible at combat, maybe I should do the lasers. See, these are all these things that you just, yeah, the crafting thing initially didn't grab me, but as it comes closer and closer and the community sort of get behind it and explain it a little bit more, um, yeah, you start getting brought around and you start getting quite excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's really lovely, actually, is um, if you look back, so you've got obviously the loot and crafting side of things, which is, and and as you said, I think it's, it's about, adding so many different elements to so many different bits of gameplay that it's it's all about that adding the, the rich another layer of ways to play and, and the, the the extra gameplay that you have in there but you've also got things like the missions which is more you know a deeper richer experience of the way that they work and then you've got the AI changes and I think you know that's very much if you if you looked at sort of 2.1 there's a really you know nice group of different things that are going to be coming as part of that 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 do um add richness to those different elements which is really nice yeah agreed um chris just quickly 
the only thing I was going to say, I mean, I, I, again, I'm kind of repeating myself, let alone <laughs> what you're saying, but as I've said previously, the thing about the the crafting uh, kind of changing, you know, those aspects of the game, uh, particularly when it comes to weapons and things, is it does mean that for the PvP, it's going to establish a kind of new balance. So anyone that's not doing the crafting is kind of in my head going to have a disadvantage against the people that are doing the crafting and it sort of is going to force really pvp players to make sure that they're constantly kind of stocked up on that stuff otherwise they're going to find the behinds in a bind in an arms race is that fair zach or is that am, am i is, is, is there something i'm missing no, I think, you know, I think there is definitely the element that, you know, as as Sandy said, you know, it, there is components and, and ways of, of upgrading it. Obviously, uh, the nuances of how you go about those and how uh, that kind of comes together is still yet to kind of completely be seen. But, um, but yeah, I think there is the element of... And, and I think that happens with everything. Like, for example, when the changes happened to shield cell banks, you know, before you had people that were fighting and they were just basically chewing on these things and regaining their shields, and then the shield cell banks so that changed so that they, they weren't necessarily that effective. That in itself changes the balance of the way that pvp works uh, but everything every little change does change the balance in some way shape or form and i'm sure that you know and and, and this is kind of the thing when you have a game that has so many players and so many different ways of playing and so many different avenues and you think that you know people people can do so much you can almost in some respects never really predict what ways like you said like dave dave was saying vantayan was saying about going to different parts of completely unexplored space and you think wow I, you know st- certainly i never even thought about that bit that you can't actually explore and then you think that's that's amazing so there is i think a lot of uh, opportunity for players to be able to do that sort of stuff but also um yes there is going to be an element of um you know people that that do enter into loot and crafting will be able to um, create and upgrade those modules. So there is that element to it. Yeah, fantastic. I think it's interesting, Fazza, how you were saying that you weren't that keen on things like the auction house and so on in, in World of Warcraft, because you know, the thing that I've always hated about crafting isn't so much the actual making of stuff, it's the grind that I need to do to go and get my 50 bazillion rabbit skins. And because of that, I really do want to actually see a galactic auction house or whatever the heck it is in games so that i can go along with my with credits and buy things that other commanders have sold have have collected and then they sell them on in the auction house i just i think that'll add so much to the game and i'm i've not heard anything about it but i would love for that to be in because i hate grinding 50 bazillion rabbit skins <laughs> yeah, I think that was uh, my point. I didn't know about the auction house idea, but no, I, yeah, I wouldn't have no, any issues with the auction house um, idea apart from I think the moment you you mention auction house or anything like that, then you you have people the screaming gold farming uh, and worrying about that Stop particular the element farmers. of the. Well, I mean, it's a it's a genuine concern which at the moment we don't have to worry about within the elite dangerous community. Um, you know, we've got you know what I discovered? Giving out, we've got people giving out palladium and things like that. That's just as bad as gold farming. You, you know, yeah, I don't it's know. It's not you as can. straightforward. It's not as easy. Um, it's not as to easy, that. but it is. If if Zen or whoever wants the gold farming companies wanted to go and release palladium, and you give us ten quid, and we'll give you five hundred tons of palladium, they could do it. And if the, if they thought there was a market for it, they'd do it. Yeah. Can you and imagine how long it would take to scoop up five hundred tons of palladium? 
Not that long, because we've done it for in our Type 9s for the Hutton Truckers. Mm. It takes time, but it doesn't take that long. Exploiters! Exploiters! Nah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what I discovered? There's gold farming in today that I had no idea there was gold farming in. Animal Crossing. To. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> you're joking. Seriously? Was, but okay, so, so because my little Animal Crossing things has kind of been commissioned for a bit of a reboot on YouTube, um, I was looking at getting like a second cheap copy of Animal Crossing to do some kind of... Because I, I, it's complicated. There's some capture stuff I need to do. Um, so I was on eBay looking for animal crossing stuff and there was this person selling like 96 hybrid flowers and 10 million gold <laughs> bells for like what it was like one pound 80 or something <laughs> and this person in this ebay thing was like right here's how this is gonna work you pay me one pound 80 then you send me your friend request and then you come and visit my town and all your bags of gold will be kind of like in the sort of town square and you you have to pick them up and take them all home i'm just thinking <laughs> animal crossing is the weirdest game to gold farm in i really i can't get my head around the kind of logic of it i've just realized i'm approaching this um uh planetary station and i'm heading towards this pad that was lit up i haven't actually requested docking clearance <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's um that that was really bizarre i was just thinking really is that is that a thing? Very bizarre. Anyway. Okay, well, let's so move on if to... it happens in Animal Crossing, it'll happen anywhere, I suppose, is really what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, fair point. Ben, before but we move on... don't you think that uh, richness and the, the pl- potential for play that, um, that Animal Crossing, that's auction houses, damn you, <laughs> will add in? <laughs> don't, don't you think that the, the potential that it adds outweighs the, the, the costs that one could exploit and yes okay fine it can happen but from my experience so what if people want to cheat they'll cheat yeah and don't get me wrong you know i quite like the idea of being a, a planetary minder and taking my, uh, my taking my haul back to the auction house and and earning money in a different way um yeah I, I i can get on board with that but let's see let's see where the game takes us um let's leave that for the time being and talk about the other t- wonderful topic that everybody loves talking about in terms of cheating combat logging there has been a combat logging update by the wonderful sandro san marco um now i will uh, oh this is this is probably not a good idea i will admit i have combat logged in the game <gasps> i know I uh, I sat after I had combat logs and I felt dirty. I felt physically dirty. I had to go and have a shower after I'd done it. It was the wrong thing to do. I panicked. Um, I had some rares in my cargo. I was young and all these other excuses <laughs> that I could say. Um, it's it's yeah. I should have just taken my licks and and and, and learnt my lesson. But I didn't. I I controlled alt deleted and i i still feel that guilt burning away now so um it does seem to be a problem yeah it does seem to be a problem within the game um a lo- oh did we lose I can't hear anything i think we've lost a fuzzer i was gonna say in terms of combat logging did anyone uh see karash's stream on friday night i was uh wasn't he meant to be playing frontier yeah o- outrageous combat logging in frontier he, he died. He died. Pressed a button. Was straight back in. Hadn't lost his ship. Hadn't lost his cargo. <laughs> Sneaky ninja. People, people were out, people were outraged. No, <laughs> <laughs> very different game. Obviously, are you back I, yet, I, I, I don't think lost he is. Him, I mean, I, I'm not going to condone combat logging, but I have to. Admit, 
I do wonder sometimes if combat logging is unfortunately the only way that we can currently counter that certain breed of individual who interdicts you and immediately starts shooting and I, I, I don't like those people with quite a big vengeance and yeah, that that rips a lot of fun away. Um, I love just... honest piracy, but yeah, well, sorry, in the Twitch chat, in the Twitch chat, someone's someone's just suggested that Fozzer just combat logged from the conversation. Mike <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, I think uh, I was hacked. Am I back? Am I back yeah, on? You are back. Yes, you are back. back. Okay. No, yeah, I, I think I, I, it, I, I'm kind of with you a little bit on that, Ben. If you're kind of, if you're trying to play your, I mean, I've, this is something I've talked about a lot. If you're trying to play your game the way you want to play it, which you have every right to do as a player, and if you're committed to playing, if you want to play in open so that you can play with other people, you know, what do you do if someone is bothering you who is not playing the game that you want to be playing? I mean, I'll get, I'll get pirated. I mean, I don't really play in open, but for the sake of argument, if I played in open and someone was actually pirating me, you know, kind of interdicting me and saying, give me some of your cargo or I'll blow you up. That's kind of a gaming thing because piracy is part of Elite Dangerous. But for me, if someone is coming into my game and treating something that I generally use as a role-playing and immersion kind of game that's that's why i come into elite dangerous is for those kinds of things if someone else is coming into it who is just using it as a first person shooter in, engaging with their game doesn't interest me I, you know i'm not interested in being a random target for someone who just wants to shoot me really just for the sake of logging up some kills and uh, and doing whatever and actually if you know you can you can block players and you can uh, i guess you can jump out and hope for a different instance and all these sorts of things but there is a there is a sense to say that if you're playing in the park and some kids are coming along and ruining your game really the best thing to do is to just kind of pick up your stuff and leave and i think that's that's how i see the kind of flip side of combat logging that sometimes people just don't have the tools in front of them to to get out of a gaming situation that they're not enjoying and is ruining their game without actually pulling the plug Shall I jump in? Go for it. Um, it's, you know what? I think it's really interesting. I think that the, the the first thing is to say that they're all super, super valid points in terms of um, that side of things, in terms of why someone might combat log, etc. And I think the other thing to say is I don't think it's... Whilst it's possible, whilst there is the opportunity for people to play in a group mode or play in solo, that's not necessarily the way someone wants to play. And, that, and, and I don't think that's necessarily to say that that is um, something that someone should be forced to do just because they want to get away from that situation. I also I also do think, you're going to probably find this is actually a bit of a weird non-answer, actually. I think that the, the, I think the amount of time that that element of griefing happens is much more rare and i think that it is just yeah. the, the fact that the game is there and available that that you can have that happen is is potentially like that almost constant risk that's always always kind of there i mean the the one thing that's important to say that you know at, at the moment yes the the rule states and the rules are that that combat logging is against the rules and you know it is you know 
it is important to reinforce that support will look into and investigate any of those issues. Um, Obviously, the aim isn't to penalise genuine players that just want to enjoy the game. Um, You know, if someone comes along and they they happen to, let's let's say Fozzer, for example, happens to have once uh, combat logged and they are are deeply repentant, as he clearly is, um, you know, they'll probably get away with a warning on a first instance and it's about probably educating people because some people might not even know not everyone reads the the terms of service etc and uh, as it goes on so my point is is that you know yes it's about educating people first and foremost and it's not about creating this kind of this this that element of it but um obviously someone that that tries to engage in pvp and then continuously just cuts the game cuts the game cuts the game to try and get that advantage is is no good to anyone so it's 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 about trying to strike that balance i'm sure it is a conversation that will continue on for a long time and i'm sure it's a conversation that will have a a, a lot more um additions and steps I'm talking about where we are with the game as it currently stands and the rule base as it currently stands, which is, yes, it is against the rules. We shouldn't do it. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's the reason why the rule is in place. But, yeah, it's, it, it is certainly... The one thing I would say to you, uh, Chris, is it's certainly a uh, a difficult subject because there's there's people on both sides that will have an opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, I quite like the... Sorry, because I was going to say, I quite like the way that Sandy describes it, not as combat logging, but an ungraceful exit from the game. Uh, I quite <laughs> like that way of describing it. Is that not... Um, so, yeah, yeah, so they are taking it very, very seriously. They're, they have advised, you know, do avoid combat logging. They are they are monitoring it. Um, but uh, just uh, tagged on to this as a separate note, he did say that uh, they're currently looking, again, with the way that Frontier are always looking at trying to balance the game, they're, they're looking at ways in which they can actually um, reward people for, for sticking out those sort of encounters. Obviously, uh, yeah, those rewards are never going to be the, the cost of your ship destruction. Um, but they're looking for ways to sort of incentivize people to, to stay on um, and disincentivize, obviously, people for ungraceful exits. I clarify it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> Let's leave the ungraceful exits there and move on to the main topic of... Can, can, uh, I, can, I, can I just ask, on this, on, while we're on this subject, and I don't want to be... You can, you can feel free not to answer this, Ag, because, you know, I don't like uh, ambushing you on the show with questions that we haven't sort of already asked you to look into for us. Um, but in terms of the, the kind of the, the coming developments for... Um, uh, horizons there has obviously been talk all the way since ddf about having things like ai wingmen and giving players who are playing in open um that maybe aren't set out for people because because really in a pvp environment you, you know it has to be acknowledged that if you're in a ship that is largely trading and you get interdicted by a ship that is largely combat there is currently no win situation for the trader um, so are there are there going to be elements coming into the game that allow kind of you know solo players to 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 sort of in, I guess things like we're talking about really about things like AI wingmen um, or even things like you know is there do are Frontier looking at ways of redefining piracy so that the the punishments for piracy in game I don't mean like I don't mean game shattering punishments I'm talking about proper role playing punishments for being a pirate are there any ways that Frontier are currently looking at um, measuring that kind of activity and actually making it that you know, people who are regular pirates are permanently flagged as wanted rather than just being to kind of, 
able to return to a clean status very quickly. Does that make sense? That, that question went yeah, on for yeah. a while. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still with you, uh, and it's fine. I think the ambush is fine on this one. Um, I think, you know, there's a, there's a couple of elements, actually, as that kind of question developed. I think the end result, which is, you know, will pirates have more um, of a role-play element? Will pirates have much more kind of of that? progression and balancing and everything else that kind of that you're talking about i think the only answer i can give you right now is yes every every element will always be continuously looked at and tweaked and i know that that's a bit of a it's on the list type answer and but it is it's something that that every element gets looked at and tweaked and you know and the 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 developers that sit upstairs from where i sit you know they are they are always looking at these type of things and always making these additions i don't know you know when or what or if the changes that can kind of come to those elements would be but it's yeah it's something that you know is certainly within the realms of those guys looking at it but the other kind of i think the the point that you were kind of uh, talking about before which was the ai wingmen and stuff like that so whilst ai wingmen would be something that's uh, not necessarily as you as you've seen from the the stuff that we've kind of talked about so far, not necessarily on the the short term list, but obviously is something that I know uh, is 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 always a potential and considered. But you do have obviously ship launch fighters, which then give you another uh, variation yeah. into how. Uh, a trader might potentially work in that scenario and again when we talked about things like the shield cell banks and how that makes the changes to, to stuff how loot and crafting might make a change to things i'm very interested to see how ship launch fighters are going to make a, a change and an impact to the way that people play whether that be pirates whether that be traders um, i think all of that sort of stuff is very very interesting mm. is there an, is there an option to sort of say that in terms of because i've played various um I was going to say MMOs, you know, they're, they're not MMOs. What were what they used to be called? Muds. I used to play Muds. And there was a kind of concept with that about matching um, players to challenges in the sense that if you were kind of going into certain areas, some Muds would kind of look at your your kind of level as an individual player or your level as a group, and it would kind of scale the difficulty, you know, depending on, on, on what you were, you were able to do. Um and I wondered if there was a the, the, one of the things you might be looking at was whether to say if you are a solo pilot in say like a T six, is it really fair balance to let a wing of four anacondas interdict you? Because that that seems like those are two groups of people playing very different games. And and if you were to look at it from a kind of single player game design, you wouldn't put a single player in a game in a situation where they're facing four kind of heavily armed warships when you're in a kind of cargo tug is that something that's in frontiers thinking or is that not really so again i think it's probably going back to to the little bit of the answer i kind of gave before which is yeah. it's something it's possible i know what you're talking about i've seen many many games kind of do almost like brackets almost because because obviously what you're talking about is the difference between say a single player game where you have um that 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 different, I guess, rule set behind it. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. You're gonna find out from this answer. I am clearly not technical at all. But you have <laughs> you have that kind of rule set with with a one player game. But obviously, with a multiplayer game, there's a much more. It, it, it's a much more difficult. Um, uh, it, it's a difficult thing to implement. If if that was something that was was going to be implemented, it would be a much more difficult thing 
to kind of implement and uh, and I've seen certain places do it in terms of brackets and and how they kind of work and that kind of that that slightly more um, you know you know working out based on like you said uh, a wing of four anacondas versus you know, how and how that kind of works that's that's super super complex complex in terms of how it would work is it something that's beyond the realms of thinking i don't think it is beyond the realms of thinking i think that's the sort of things that that you know those the guys upstairs are so unbelievably clever and the way that they work through their stuff and that you know the stuff that they're coming up with the ideas and the ways that that mechanics work and and all these different things that almost very much behind the scenes of the game um you know they are absolutely incredible i couldn't i genuinely for the life of me could not say whether that's something that's actually in mike brooks's head right now or you know or anything that is a possibility (laughs) but you know i like to think that there is the opportunity for uh, that kind of thinking as part of that you know we're talking about a game that has you know a huge and i'm talking years and years and years of uh planning and and content and ideas and things that want to be added into the game so is it somewhere in that in that thinking i like to think yes Awesome. Excellent. Okay. Well, we know, we know that there's a 10-year plan for, for this wonderful galaxy that we play around in. And I'm glad that you guys spent so long answering that question, because it actually allowed me to go away and look up what the hell a MUD is. So, for those people that are still scratching their heads, a MUD is a multi-user dungeon. And unlike Ben, I didn't lose the first year of my university degree to one of those. So, uh, Ben, before we, yeah. before we move on, I think you're, you're, you're dying to have your final say on this point. So, go ahead, and then we are going to move on. So, I actually had a, a nice discussion with a a nice pirate, well, a nice couple of pirates, actually, who, you know, they're just as sick of player killers as the traders are. You know, player killers just ruin the game for... I'm not going to say everybody, because I'm sure they have fun, but they ruin the game for a lot of people. And, you know, we were just talking about, you know how Mobius has got his PvP... Sorry, his PvE group. But there's, you know, we're talking about the idea of a... I'm a nice pirates group, however you want to call it. So PvP is allowed, it's encouraged, but you're not going to be a dick about it. You're not going to go in guns blazing. You're not going to grief people. You're just going to be a nice pirate. And I I think that's an awesome solution, maybe. (laughs) A nice pirate is your answer to this, is it? A nice pirate. Well, there are nice pirates. You know, I've, I've, I've spoken to and I like a lot of pirates. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I think the original. I mean, the original DDF design. Not that. I mean, not you know things have. I, we keep mentioning the DDF, and obviously things move on once a game becomes live, and you can't necessarily cling on to discussions that were had before the you know the game was even an alpha. But there was a concept of the the bounties being persistent in a way that meant pirates generally had to live in anarchy systems and that for pirate players it would be very hard to enter a lawful system and that's you know that's that's not the way the currency is worse but anyway sorry i'll, I'll stop <laughs> <laughs> this was not supposed to be the main topic of the show but zach uh, finish it off for us yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't, I won't make it go on for long. But I just wanted to say, just kind of on what Ben was saying, I think the one thing I would say is that I've seen, even just in the last ten, eleven months or whatever it is, I've seen a real 
it was a really, really interesting kind of, if you talk about the player pirates and the way that, you know, I understand that, that a player that gets, say, interdicted and then loses all their cargo or whatever, how frustrating that can be. And we're talking about a minute kind of slither of people that have had that experience or, or, or people that are doing that experience. Actually, there are so many pirates out there that are role-playing fantastically well, that are, uh, are genuinely trying to to find ways to be a part of that community and I actually think that it's really really interesting and I think a lot of it comes down to there's, there's so many different factors but things like that the, the stuff that the Hutton Truckers are doing with events alongside um, with their player with player stuff that they're doing alongside other pirating groups and you know you just have to look at um, all these different elements and, and so many of these pirating groups are either saying you know they get seen as griefers but they're not griefers and actually they just want to play that role and I think that's fantastic and I also think that there's so many um, different groups out there that are coming into the fold and more and more we're seeing that become a a real part of the game in a way that is more um, more working with in that player with player as I just said you know that that kind of the Hutton truckers have been saying about and I think that 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 is happening more and more recently which I think is only a great thing yeah absolutely and uh, (laughs) after trying to move everybody on I was just going to have one one last point on this in the fact that you see I I just can't resist Um, but yeah so obviously we mentioned about the Hutton truckers we mentioned about the the various different groups out there you know if you have got that um, you know that rare cargo or something that you know it's a bit sphincter twitching when you leave the dock then maybe have a look on the various communities out there and have a look at some of the mercenaries and just try and strike up a conversation with them and and you know try role playing it yourselves try and get a few uh, mercenary wingmen to join you on your on your particular sort of rare circuit that you're doing and uh, you know make some friends get involved in a bit more of the meta game and, and see what it's like just try it on for size anyway that was all i was going to say so uh let's move on let's uh <laughs> i know we've played a few adverts tonight because of our technical difficulties but we're going to try one more and then come back for the main discussion which is going to be the changes to the elite dangerous store and some product information we buy any ship, bar none. We buy any ship, bar none. Any model, any colour, any shape, any size. We buy any ship, bar none. We here at We Buy Any Ship, bar none, are ready to take your excess space travel vehicles off your hands. No more negotiating with dodgy space station vendors. We'll simply give you an estimated quote online. Then, when you get here, we'll point out all the little dints and scratches that make the price get smaller and smaller before we actually give you any money. And the beauty is... We take any ship. We buy any ship. Bar none. Terms and conditions apply. We buy any ship excludes trading in any of the following vehicles. Adder, Anaconda, Asp, Bauer, Cobra, Constrictor, Cruisers, Eagle, Falcon, Gecko, Griffin, Gear, Harris, Harrier, Hawk, Kestrel, Crate, Lanners, Lifters, Lions, Mantis, Merlin, Mori, Osprey, Panther, Puma, Python, Saker, Sidewinder, Skeet, Spar, Stowmaster, Tearsel, Tiger, Transporter, Turner, Viper, Wyvern, or any Imperial or Thargoid vessels. Hi. My name is Christopher Jarvis, and this is an appeal for the new series of Escape Velocity, the unofficial Elite Dangerous full-cast audio podcast. We raise funds for this series through you, our amazing community, to make the show, and we're just a few patrons short of our next stretch goal. If you'd like to hear the ships, computers, and terminals in Escape Velocity sound just like the ones in the game, help us get to our next stretch goal so we can get Verity, the official computer voice, over to our little studio. The series is shaping up really well thanks to your help, but we'd really like you to ice our cake. Wait, does that sound rude? Support the Escape Velocity Fund now at patreon.com forward slash radio theatre workshop for behind the scenes tidbits, updates on the series, physical rewards and more great stuff for backers. The new series begins soon.
<laughs> okay, and we are back. God, what a shambles. Um, let's uh, let's crash on uh, with our main discussion. And the main discussion this week, uh, I didn't really make that sound particularly exciting, but it is actually quite exciting. It um, it feeds in quite nicely with what we have been talking about um, uh, on the, on the show over the last few weeks, and that's the, this concept around the the whole introduction of Elite Horizons and the fact that you know isn't it is it an expansion? Is it extra content? Is it worth the the sixty dollars? Is it worth the the, you know, the full price of a game? You know, is it just uh, you know, sort of downloadable content? Where does it all sit? And depending on how you see where you where you see it fitting. Uh, Sort of has an idea as sort of has an impact on how you see it, its particular value, uh, and I'm not going to sort of labour this point too much because I say we have spoken about it a lot uh, over the last few weeks on the show. But there's uh, been a been a change, and as the person that's actually gave us the update on the forums is here with us tonight, there's no point in me talking about it. So what I'll do is I'll hand over to Zach to explain what the change of direction has been with Frontier. Okay, thanks. Um, so, yeah, basically, um, for those who aren't aware, um, hopefully most of you are, because um, we've tried to, to communicate it out as much as possible, um, we we made uh, some changes to uh, the products in the store. Now, most of it really is um, the, the, the aim is about taking on feedback, which we've heard from the communities, from Steam and the forums and, and everywhere else, um, and and really trying to simplify what it is, because I think there has been um, some confusion around kind of, as you say, is it is it... A- is it an expansion? Is it a DLC or whatever? So we've tried to we've tried to uh, take that feedback on board and make it simpler for people to kind of uh, for anyone new or an existing player to understand uh, exactly what it is and kind of how it works. So what it means is that rather than having the the old format, we've moved to all of the the Steam and our store products, which will be um, three packages basically um, that you can purchase, which is uh, Elite Dangerous. As its, as its own standalone product, as you always have. Um, Elite Dangerous Horizon Season Pass, which is a, um, which is a Season Pass DLC, which requires the main game to be able to play. So it's not in the same way previously where it encompassed everything. Um, and then there's a, a, a deluxe, uh, bundle, which basically is for, uh, a new player that comes in and, and decides they want everything. So they would get the base product. Plus, they would get um, Horizons in that bundle. Plus, they would get um, some digital goods, which is like a Sidewinder. Uh, is it Sidewinder Military and Eagle Tactical, or is that the other way around? No, well remembered. It's Eagle Tactical, Sidewinder Military, exactly like you said. And uh, Bobblehead as well, um, which comes as part of that bundle. Perfect. And um, just so that people are completely clear, do you know, remember what the, the, the pilot starter pack, the standalone one, is for £10? Uh, it's exactly the same. Exactly the same. Yeah, I think it's because that's the thing is the bundle is literally the it's it's not uh, like as a deluxe edition isn't a product in itself. It is a bundle of those items. So uh, it's the stuff is is those digital items, and then the bundle is those three items together. Got you. Okay. Well, that makes much more sense to me. Um, and just obviously, we're talking about a ten-year plan for this game. It all made perfect sense, apart from when you're talking about the deluxe edition. Um, obviously, we've got Horizons now. We'll hope have many 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 seasons worth of dlc going ahead how are you going to um you probably don't actually have the answer to this i'm sorry i've just realized you probably don't have the answer uh but you know is it going to be that that deluxe edition will always encompass uh have all of the you know the previous dlc seasons uh 
brought into it. So, you know, if next season is Ice Moons, you'll have Ice Moons and also Horizons and obviously also the, the base game as well. There'll always be some, a certain package that will give you everything or do you think they'll be sort of split into the various seasons and you can select each one? How did you know it was called Ice Moons? <laughs> That's, a, that's top secret, Fuzzer. <laughs> What's going on? Um, so the idea really is, um, it, the first thing I want to say is I don't want to get too much into kind of how a future, yeah, the, the future seasons are added because it is, it is further away. The one thing that we are absolutely 100% certain on is that we want to make it as clear as possible. And a lot of these changes are obviously in place because we want to, to clarify how it all works and make it as, as simple and streamlined as possible for people to be able to see um, and, and, and obviously make their own decision if they want to, to upgrade or if they want to buy the deluxe, etc. The one thing we have said with the deluxe edition, obviously, you know, when a new season comes out, it's probably not going to be very deluxe if it, if it wasn't all of the different packages. What it, one thing that I think some community members had a little bit of confusion on was because what we've said was that, you know, at the end of a season, for example, if a new season came out, we would, I imagine, uh, take down or, or replace that bundle with a bundle that included all of them. Because the deluxe edition, in my mind, should always have all of the content because if a new player comes to the game and they want to go do you know what i just want all of it then that's kind of that deluxe edition that's what the 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 point of it is um a couple of people have said oh well it, does that mean it's the lifetime expansion pass and no they are very 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 different um obviously if you buy the deluxe edition now and that comes with elite dangerous and elite dangerous horizons um it won't include ice moons in season three when that happens um, and then you know so then you would you would you know it would but but there might be a new deluxe edition at that point that has early dangerous horizons and ice moons ice moons is not the name people <laughs> <laughs> see I was, I was hoping for the i was hoping for the first person mode and that it was going to be called something like elite shoes <laughs> Elite shoes. Elite shoes, because obviously Horizons is about kind of being on a planet and and seeing Horizons, and obviously the first person mode will be about looking at the floor and being able to see your feet. I see. So it's quite a literal. What can you see at the point? Of yeah. That? Okay, that's an interesting one. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. You can. Yeah. Use, and do you know what? And you know, I'm not even copywriting that. If you want to use that name for uh, for when we get the first person view, you can you can have that one. I'm going to let you have that one for free. Thanks, thanks, man. I'll uh, I'll definitely be sure to pass on Elite Dangerous shoes when I get into the office tomorrow. Thanks. Uh, where's the variation? Feet. Just feet. Yeah. That's a no, that's a pack. That's an add-on pack. Ah, so like okay. in so like in the same way that all the all the like character designs will be bald unless you buy the tactical hair pack, you know you will have basic brown loafers. You'll have basic brown loafers, and if you want something that's not brown loafers, you you buy a skin for it. Mm, I like <laughs> just like you're thinking. Bunions, bunions <laughs> would be good. Yeah, I like that idea. As long as they don't have a monocle, I think we'll be fine. Um, for those people that used to play EVE Online. Um, okay, so uh, Zach, the other thing that obviously is happening with this, it uh, also brings the community a little bit closer together, certainly the people on Steam, because it means that there's no longer two separate uh, hubs, I take it, for, for Elite Dangerous on Steam. It will go back to being one, is that right? 
Yeah, so I think there's a few different um, kind of changes that that are kind of that come as part of this, as part of this aim to to streamline everything and make it really easier and clearer for people to understand. There is a number of of changes that are coming with it. As you said, the first one is that um, for Steam users, the uh, Horizons Hub is now gone. Um, we wanted to try and get some information at, la- at least a little bit early so that people had an opportunity to first of all ask some questions, but also um, if they wanted to go over and save any of their content and hopefully they had a little bit of an opportunity to do that. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of happened. Um, I'll leave you to ask the rest of the questions. <laughs> well, I was going to say, guys, uh, what's been your, uh, you know, Zach, you can probably close your ears on this one, but reading around the community and stuff, what's been your um, uh, view on the reception of this? Do you think it's been mainly well received? Do you think it makes sense? Do you think uh, it will uh, it will stop some of the uh, $60 is too much for, uh, for downloadable content questions? Uh, let's go with Ben. I have to admit, I try to avoid that part of the community, so I'm the last person you should ask. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of these whingers. It's like, no, it's not a rip-off. Six, it's, you're getting a whole year's worth of... It's a whole year season of content, so shut the heck up and enjoy yourself. That's my opinion, but I... But because that's kind of my opinion and their opinion is wrong and it just winds me up, I also just steer clear of that kind of place. Yeah, okay, well, fair enough. Uh, that's not exactly particularly insightful there, Mr. Woodward. Um, <laughs> Grant, what have you noticed? For, uh, what's been the response that you've seen? I've not seen any kind of feedback from the people. I mean, a lot of the people that I've been with are, are the kind of people that under kind of a good grasp of the previous setup and understood it. And also, I mean, a lot of people that we spend time talking to on a regular basis are all either Kickstarter backers. There's not many uh, that are sort of, you know, not entitled to all the updates. There's a few, um, but they had a grasp of the other system there and actually were making the active choice to wait until there's a bit more content in Horizons before purchasing it. And this might encourage them to take that leap a bit sooner. Um, And I think it is genuinely a little bit easier for people to understand. So... I'm hoping that when we do stumble across feedback on different websites and things about it, it's going to be positive because it's a very positive step by Frontier to try and tackle the feedback that they've been getting and to take it on board. And yeah. I hope that this puts the issue to bed and that the, the feedback disappears and they can get on with uh, moaning about all other kinds of things in the game. <laughs> Yeah, and in fairness, we did see uh, some of the uh, more, yeah, some of the more negative uh, spins on on horizons uh, sort of quiet down when they released the um, yeah the sort of roadmap of what was coming through. So obviously, two point zero is going to be uh, planetary landings, which is available now. Two point one, which is the engineers, which is coming in the spring of two thousand and sixteen, which is obviously all the expanded mission stuff. Uh, Guardians coming in the summer, which is going to be you know, bringing a second ship to a combat encounter. And then finally, uh, sort of the you know, the autumn time, sort of Christmas time, it's the commanders where we get to team up together and do the whole sort of multi-crew stuff. So I think once that was out in the uh, out in the wild, I think people started to yeah you know, start to feel a little bit better about the the sixty dollars or the you know the full price nature of the um, the price tag that came along with the season because they could see what they were, they were getting and could see what was coming along and yeah you know, see the value of that particular one. What do you reckon, Grant? That was one of the, the that was one of the things that there was a huge kind of positive reaction to was people seeing it and although it gave them the opportunity going not too fussed about that but that bit 
I'm really interested in. You know, I'm really, you know, for for example, for myself, I was quite interested in the avatar customization side of things coming in, um, but the the faces of the missions and things is quite exciting as well to see how it's going to look and how it might change the feel of the bulletin boards because it might it might make a, a difference you can't tell until it's in it's one of those small things like having voice reading out text um, can make that you don't realise it until it's there or until it's not there um, but it definitely had a real good effect on people because suddenly it's, it's kind of like if you didn't do the changes to the store items and you put in the roadmap, that would have solved the problem. And what you've kind of done is solved two problems at the same time, and it's only made it better because now people see exactly what they're getting for that money. Although being kind of general and vague, it definitely has a, that should really help people. And certainly from my point of view, seeing that, it was kind of like, that's really exciting now, because now you can get excited about what's coming in Horizons rather than not having any idea of what's coming other than the odd different dev uh, posts that you see in the forum so I think it's a huge uh, yeah, that's no. a big positive yeah I agree with that and you know it's in, and for myself looking at Guardians and the fact that you can actually you know it's not just about bringing a second ship to a combat encounter it's the fact that you actually defend your passengers so passenger missions you know one of my biggest loves from Frontier are now sort of going to appear in this particular season and yeah that's worth the $60 alone as far as I'm concerned so everybody's going to look at that and pick out the things that they particularly value uh, and see where they're going to get their you know their worth for the uh, yeah for the money they put in Ben I mean, Grant, you're saying that Frontier are being clear. I'm gonna, I'll bring Zach in on this because, yeah, you know, I think, and I'm sure Frontier thought very carefully about every word in this. You know, things like craft exotic weapons and modules for your spacecraft, fine, and build a ship like any other. Are we? Do we actually get to the ship unlike any other? Can you imagine modular ships? Um, that's mm. maybe just speculation there. That's, um, that's um, massive uh, speculation. Mass- yeah, I was going to say, that's, yeah. that's, a, com- <laughs> that's a completely different game. Are you talking about Project, totally no- built, Project Nomads or whatever it's called? <laughs> Um, If you were to slam your anaconda brakes on as you're docking and a sidewinder goes right <laughs> to the back of you, suddenly you've got a sideconda. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I, I like the idea of a sideconda, to be honest. Um, but oh, I, you know, dear. I think Frontier very deliberately thought over all the wording for this just sliding in little little tidbits like the defend your passengers you know not coming out and expressly saying hey and um guardians has passenger missions they're just kind of you know sneaking things in and i i like it yeah, I'd agree with that, apart from the fact I think they're now going to have to change the copy on uh, the bit that you just read out, as soon as people are think that it's suddenly Minecraft in space. Uh, there is being Minecraft able to build in space your own ships in and many games. And we thought we had it right, but people like Ben Moss Wood would have taken that line out of complete context, and now he's uh, spouting some wild speculation on the internet, that, so we better change it. It says build a ship. I can see it right there. I think I think to be fair, what that means is it's a bit like the old thing in um, okay. The other thing to mention on or... that is obviously the, um, the the gift that everybody gets, uh, and that is the the gift of the golden asp. Uh, as I don't fly an asp, and uh, Jarvis, you do. How excited about the, uh, the 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 opportunity of getting a golden asp are you? Hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can, Chris. Just Fozzer talked over over you. Oh, okay, because I wondered why I was talking and I'm getting absolutely no response. Okay, brilliant. Um, sorry, what was the question? Are you excited about having a golden um, 
um, thingy. <laughs> Didn't come out right. Um, the golden, golden asp. Do you know what? I sort of am, because it looks really nice, except I, uh, I during the, um, well, I didn't end up getting it during the sale, but that's a massively different story. Um, I, I kind of went through all the asp uh, skins when I got my asp and picked out the one I really wanted. So having already decorated my asp, sort of, you know, in a way that I'm very attached to, uh, probably not going to use it but i do really like you know kind of getting additional skin options um and if i were to you know run two asps for any reason with uh, two different setups i would definitely have one as one and one as the other it's you know it's a really nice look i was going to say it's gold it looks um it looks blue it looks blue and white to me but um that's all good <laughs> don't start that <laughs> you're referring back to that dress thing again <laughs> 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 oh dear! I should actually, having talked about this, I should probably give people an external view of my app so, app so they can see the uh, skin I'm talking about because I, you know, do very much like it. I can't remember exactly what it's called. I think it's the White Apollo or something like that. But I, but I like it a lot. <laughs> okay, Zach, finish us off on the main topic before we move on to Community Corner, sir. Uh, no, I just wanted to say, just on the ASP thing, just because, um, I, although I'm sure everyone that is listening is a real avid player and does know exactly where to get it, just in case you're not, obviously, anyone that has um, previously, before these changes went live, um, had Horizons in whichever form, shape it was, you should already have that paint job in your library right now. So just get your ASP, go to library, and then be able to select it from those options. I'll go and have a look. Yeah, go and have a look and see if your golden asp is there. I, I'm at an outpost, you know, though, so you know there's just not going to be outfitting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, well, uh, let's leave the main discussion there and go on to uh, Community Corner. Now, Community Corner this week, um, we're going to kick it off, actually. I'm going to bring someone in that hasn't been on the show for quite some time, but as we're going to be talking a little bit about LaveCon, which is the Elite Dangerous convention that we've been running for the last few years, and he's the guy who's mainly behind uh, organising it with his wonderful wife, Karen, it's nice to have back on the show Mr. Alan Stroud. Welcome back, sir. Can you Hello. Yes, ah, we can hear that, you. Welcome to TeamSpeak. You have, <laughs> is, is, yeah, yeah. Is that is that worthy of a correction? <laughs> I, it's it's going to oh, get yes, one. Oh yes, actually. Oh no, Karen is not your wife. I, I do apologise. Karen is your long-time partner and not yeah. your wife. Before yeah, she really yeah. kicks me. No, it's it, it's fine. She's um, we've been we've been together fifteen years. We're not married, um, and uh, you know we say that a lot. Yeah, no, um, uh, seventeen years now actually. God dear, time flies, doesn't it? Never mind. Um, yeah, no, um, great to be here. Great to, great to talk to everybody. It's been such a long time, I, I, I miss this. Um, unfortunately, you know, part of the reason is because um, I, I've not played the game. So when Zach was talking about the, the Golden Asp, that was entirely new to me. Yeah, I've just not had time. I'm currently finishing off my PhD, trying to put other projects to bed at the moment. And um, yeah, it's all been, all been very busy. But we do have LaveCon. Um, and we do have LaveCon coming up, and as of this weekend, we sold out of hotel rooms. Hey! So yeah, no, you know, pretty pretty awesome and amazing, and shows that the convention is going from strength to strength. Last year we, we moved to the Sedgebrook Hotel, the Sedgebrook Hotel were awesome, and this year, so we're back there again, uh, thus far, all the gold and, and, and platinum tickets are gone. 
Uh, the silver and bronze tickets went on sale pretty much. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry, I'm getting I'm getting instructions from from February. Yeah, from across the room. Uh, the the silver and bronze tickets went on sale in February, and yeah, we're we're looking into at the moment we're looking into a possibility of an overflow hotel. See if we can contact somebody to see if there's any you know anywhere else people want to stay that's that's nearby and um, and can then come across. And we're starting to pull together some of the content, so you know it's it's all really exciting stuff. Yeah, it just goes to show how this particular event has gone from sort of strength to strength over the years. So obviously we started this in, was it Cheltenham Spa where we started and we decided we'd just get the, the original four of us together just to have a beer and, and, and chat and meet up face to face as we've only sort of spoken over over Skype and we let the news slip that we were going to do it and then before we knew what would happen we were actually putting on entertainment for, for 65 people that just turned up out of nowhere and then the next year it was 150 or something next year 200 and I can't remember what it was last year or that's yeah. one con too many but it's, it's growing basically year on year yeah this is year four so um so yeah no uh, we, we certainly we had the the largest attendance last year and you know I mean I would expect that we're going to have a an even larger attendance this year the yeah the fact that we're sold out of hotel rooms in less than two months is just huge you know i mean that that just says everything about the support the community have got for for what we're trying to do and we've we've got some really exciting things already we've started to to line up artemis was incredibly popular last year now most of you guys know um i've been been beavering away and unfortunately we're not going to get john richardson back because he's booked for the star wars convention in uh in london which is on on the same weekend um and he'd already booked that so you know real shame we're going to miss him a lot however we've got now a setup for enough pcs to run two rooms of artemis which will mean we can have crews and head-to-heads and stuff which is going to be awesome yeah it's going to be absolutely uh superb i mean zach what uh What's your uh, impression? Because obviously you, you came to LaveCon last year. You seem to have a good time. You seem to have a few beers bought for you. Are you looking forward to this year? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, without question, I have to say, uh, LaveCon is, is absolutely one of the most, the, the most, the, the biggest event in the calendar for me for the year. That is one of the things I'm looking forward to the most. So I absolutely want to go. I absolutely want to this year stay overnight and do the whole weekend as well because last year we went uh, for one day um, and it would be nice to be able to to stay and do the whole thing but it is absolutely incredible like if anyone hasn't been it's it's just amazing it's just so awesome just to go and you know get to spend time with so many different like-minded people that are just they're all there and they're all so passionate about stuff and it's just it's just a really awesome place to go so yeah absolutely gonna be there yeah and we should just say that you know even even the first one where we all just uh, rocked up um, at the the Chelton Spa Hotel and you know before we knew what had happened there were 65 of us there uh, there wasn't a game there was the concept of the game the Kickstarter had just finished everything was just sort of bare bones but bless him Michael Brooks the legend has been to to everyone that we've done including the first one and we you know we put him on stage we put him in front of 65 people and said so Elite Dangerous 
tell us about it. And, you know, the, the guy is an absolute legend. And, you know, obviously, yeah, I think possibly the first Lavecom was where Soon was christened. Um, because obviously, you know, when we we're asking him for information, it was always going to be Soon. But, you know, it, it was clear. I mean, the, the level of support that uh, the community have had from, uh, from Frontier has always been great. And, you know, I think one of the uh, resounding bits of feedback we've had on every single bit of um, uh, Lavecon uh, feedback forms that we've had is just how nice it is to actually get up close with the uh yeah the devs who come down from cambridge and and mix in you know have a beer and you know just chat socially with all the player groups and stuff and all the players um and just have time for everybody and just sort of ask answer any questions that the guys have got i mean sandy is always a a really good one for getting into the sort of the the real sort of nuts and bolts of the, the simulation and you know mike uh, mike evans again in terms of all the you know the hard work that he's put into the flight model and all the balancing and stuff has been you know just having a chat with these guys you know over a beer around the bar and stuff is just phenomenal and you know we have to thank some of tier for their you know their continued support for it so no absolutely um, i'd love to do more and more and more by the way so you know i'm happy to do as much as we can so definitely want to be there great well that's 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 good to hear zach because as we've sold out of hotel rooms and you want to be there overnight you may have to volunteer <laughs> <laughs> so i may have to put you to work <laughs> No problem. Whatever you need. Okay. You need, Alan. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'll let Karen know in a minute. She'll uh, she'll email you. Yeah. I, I think we've still got a space for a glass collector, haven't we, Alan? We've yeah. Got, yeah. Uh... I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can put him on a couch. I don't think that's a problem because you know Graham Graham fell asleep in a chair at the first LaveCon, that's and you true. know that's we buried true. him. We buried him in cushions. So I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't checked the roster, but obviously there's a second technician. We could probably always do with a third technician, don't you? Yeah, I'm more than happy to. <laughs> I don't know if there's any any vending machines to fix, Foz. Uh, you know, I'm not sure you can you can you know, but we'll we'll work it out. It won't be it won't be a problem. We will we will make sure that uh, uh, that there is a an opportunity for anybody that uh, that wants to come. And 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 similarly, I think you know there there is some lovely moments, there's some lovely memories. The the fact last year, I think one of the successes was the board gaming lounge. I think the social yeah. board gaming lounge was fantastic. This year, we want to. I mean, the the LAN room will still be in the same LAN room because that's where all the you know the internet cabling and uh, and bandwidth is. But we do want to very much make sure the LAN room is much more integrated into what's going on in terms of the events. We have John Stabler working on an app which will give a continual update of of content and things that are going on so you can uh he's i think he's got it trialing at the moment for android and then we're looking at, at whether uh, whether we you know whether we we um port it on iphone as well there's there's already some signups for some of the book readings we've got some some ideas on some of the panels yeah you know i mean it the nice thing is is you know is is the sort of diverse content really from from my point of view is is you know i love elite dangerous and i elite dangerous is the heart and center of what we do mm. but i also like the fact that you're with a bunch of people who are just great people and then you want to play a game with them and there's chance to you know to to try all sorts of different things and also i should mention that um he confirmed it you know to us yesterday colin ford is coming down finally uh, Top Shift himself is coming, and he's going to bring his uh, uh, his you know his miniatures game. And he's also going to be working on Star Wars Armada and X Wing the miniatures game as well. So we should have some of that. And certainly last year there were a lot of people saying they really wanted to play you know some X Wing, 
Um, so there'll be a real chance to, you know, to play some of that too. And I know Chris has got some. I got some. So, you know, mistakes were made. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to come and fly my Imperial shuttle into another asteroid because I cannot fly it to save my life. <laughs> right. I think the only thing that we can promise that uh, that won't be there this year, that was there last year, was the, the naked bride at 2 a.m. in the corridors. Uh, I think that's probably safe to assume that that probably won't yeah. be getting a repeat this year. Right, well, yeah, yeah. I know it'll be a disappointment for some, but as we have taken over the complete hotel this year, yeah, the naked bride will not be putting in appearance. I'll do uh, it. As, yeah, as best as we know. Unless someone's volunteering, yeah. Unless someone's volunteering to get married and get naked the night after, yeah, absolutely. Get locked out of the hotel room, and also, and also, no late night fight in the bar from from the hotel guests. You know, that was. Uh, uh, that was also the, the wedding party. I have yeah, to that, say, yeah, yeah that, that was, was also the wedding, the wedding party. party. It was all the it was all the gamers who calmed everybody down. So you know, that's the uh, yeah. yeah I'm, Unfortunate, but never mind. I'm sure we'll find something to do instead. I think that was the ultimate example of PvP. It was uh, pissed versus pissed. I think it was the uh, <laughs> the way that went down. <laughs> um, okay, so Alan, if people wanted to uh, to chime in and uh, find out a little bit more about the LaveCon, where can they go to? Uh, well, obviously the the Lave Radio site. So we're we're on uh, laveradio.com/slash/lavecon. 2016 i think it is yeah yeah please do go have a look some of the pictures from uh last year's brilliant photography by ollie facey have now gone up and some of the uh the you know the special pictures that were for particular tickets uh have all gone out some of those are utterly brilliant mike evans's other half uh with with you know sort of cosplaying up in uh, her fifth element character was absolutely fantastic. So we've we've snaffled that, and we're now using it as advertising. We've also got a great. We've also <laughs> with got permission, great, I assume. Absolutely, absolutely. So I have a great picture of Grant, which um, we're also. Uh, uh, I don't know. Have you seen it yet, Grant? Yes, I have. I've seen Grant? it. Yep, yep. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so Grant has given us permission. In which case, uh, we've we've got one of him, which we'll be using shortly uh, as well. But yeah, there's you know, I mean, it, it, it was fantastic, and and I really think you know, the Sedgebrook is a great home for us. I'm I'm kind of Aaron's getting a little bit of thinking about this in planning next year. Yeah, yeah, she's already thinking about <laughs> next year, and knowing that we've booked the Sedgebrook out so quickly, she's sort of thinking, oh, maybe we need to go somewhere a little bit bigger. I love the Sedgebrook, and it, it's kind of, um, I'm a bit nervous about, you know, leaving the Sedgebrook, because I think it's just such a great place. I just love the fact that you can relax on the sofas, and, you know, and there's stuff to do everywhere, and find all the, you know, board games to play, and, you know, so yeah, so it's it's lovely, you know. I, I, I've had a fantastic time, and yeah, and, you know, it's the, probably one of the, the first events I've ever run, and I've run a lot of events. It's it's one of the first events I've run where I have really enjoyed sort of every minute of it. So yeah, great stuff. Okay, well obviously we will keep everybody updated with the uh, with the LaveCon updates in terms of new guests and what we've got planned for that. But if you want to get the latest information, as Alan says, check out laveradio.com forward slash LaveCon two thousand uh, two th- <laughs> dash two thousand and sixteen. Brilliant stuff. Okay, well let's uh, just quickly go over a couple more shout outs we've got for the show before we close it off here. Pixel Bandits, for those of you guys that are playing on the Xbox One, Pixel Bandits is an Xbox One player group. They're a decent size, actually. They're about 180 members currently playing Elite, play other web games as well. But if you want to check them out, uh, you just need to send them a quick email at info at pixelbandits.org. 
A quick request for some help. We're currently, obviously, we're having a few technical issues on the streams with uh, TeamSpeak and also with Skype. So we're trying out something called Discord, which is a, a variation, not a variation, it's a competitor to Skype. Um, but we normally have our Skype chat channel for Elite Dangerous, which has got uh, somewhere around about 150 to 200 people in it. We're just wondering if you wouldn't mind uh, doing a quick stress test for uh, for discord for us if you go to tinyurl.com forward slash lave radio on any web browser that will take you directly into the elite dangerous chat room uh, and if you wouldn't mind sort of getting involved in there and helping us stress test that that will be superb Obviously, we've got LaveCon coming up later in the year, but a little bit closer than LaveCon, we have another gathering of elite players. Grant, do you want to tell us about that? Yay! I forgot to put it in the notes, and I'd have been, I'd have been, I'd have been <laughs> nailed to a cross and burnt alive if I didn't get this one out. Because we have got the elite meet coming up on the second of April this year, and it's going to be in my neck of the woods. In fact, it's going to be very, very close to me indeed. Uh, a venue just down the road called the Redhurst Hotel. Now, rooms are kind of slim, but there's an awful lot of hotels in the local area anyway that are quite close by, and we'll organise information. And if you're looking for information on that, we have set up a couple of... uh Website to a website to show you all the accommodation options. Uh, we we're reserved all the rooms in those the particular venues so that we can control who gets in there. And if you want to buy it through the site, you can. Um, and that is to go to tinyurl dot com forward slash elite meet two thousand and sixteen. We do have some domains, but they're not quite fully live at the moment, so they'll go live tomorrow and we'll get them up. But the easiest way to get to the site is tinyurl.com forward slash elite meet we've got oh crikey it's a much more it's a much less organised thing kind of picture a convention and you picture all these events and talks and things and, and all these amazing things that you can be part of elite meet is very much a let's meet together have a couple of pints and see what happens with some bits and pieces organised as well and I think we're going to try and have uh, some kind of Artemis there Uh, we've got a couple of things on the website but if you want to particularly um, bring something to show off at Elite Meet because I think that tends to be what it's like I think the very first Elite Meet was down in Birmingham and it's where a lot of us got to see the Oculus DK1 for the first time. Fozzie you did a a conclave in the room next door as well if I remember right and then we recorded that god awful Elite song (laughs) Uh, which was the for the the Mobra campaign that we did that year as well that was hysterical so I mean it is very much it's less organised and so there's a lot more time for conversation with people and drinks and there'll be a nice buffet laid on as well and then we've got two evening meal slots so that we can have a nice meal as well and of course it's in Glasgow so plenty of opportunities if you can't get a room in the hotel you can always sleep in the gutter although gutter space is limited and filling up with every minute (laughs) superb stuff Uh, we just had this one fly into us from twitter the elite secret services group are also uh, recruiting if you want to try and find out uh, what they're up to um, they basically they are a group of commanders they're pilots of the federation so imperialists beware but you can find them at elitesecretservice.com um, just ask out for a quick shout out and always we are on the show we are happy to oblige now before we uh, we before we close up 
uh zach a big shout out to you obviously for coming on to the show anything you want to say to anybody anything you want to sort of direct people towards maybe your twitter handle or some uh, where they can get some up-to-date information on elite dangerous well i i would say go to the direct to all of the different twitter uh and facebook etc but there is one thing i do want to say one thing i did forget and thank you ben for reminding me and i thought to myself i'm gonna say this when i get on and then for some reason i didn't last time i think it was last time i came on we had uh, a role that we were recruiting for a community management role and i think i've realized now that actually i'm just kind of using lave radio as an opportunity to to promote vacancies within the team but <laughs> but now we do have another vacancy open with another community management role so this one's specifically looking at things like professional writing and um streaming and that sort of stuff so have a look on the website community manager role um and if you're interested let us know perfect stuff and uh, obviously who wouldn't want to have that job? It's a dream job for anybody that loves playing Elite Dangerous. Go and play in uh, in Frontier Towers. Go and join the crew. Okay, uh, before we close off the shout-outs, uh, just one that I would like to uh, to mention, because uh, it's me that's had the job of putting it all together. Uh, you might notice that this is episode 97 of uh, Lave Radio. We've been running now for, I think, the best part of four years. Um, three years? Four years. A long time, anyway. Basically, since the Kickstarter, I think the uh, the February after the Kickstarter finished in the January, we've been running this uh, band of reprobates out of Lave Station. Uh, we're approaching our hundredth main show. We've obviously done lots, lots more shows since then, but it is our hundredth main Lave Radio show. Uh, if you'd like to get involved with that, it's going to be live. It's going to be a marathon show on the first of March. Uh, but what we'd like to, if you've got any memories of the show, any of your favourite bits that you would like to uh, draw our attention to, or if there's any particular memories you have of being part of the community, such as LaveCon, uh, then if you can email them to us, do a little maybe recording and email them to us at info at laveradio.com uh, and, try and uh, we'll try and make you part of the 100th episode show. Uh, we've got a few things planned. I'm not going to give anything away, but we've got a few things planned for that particular show. We'll be doing a few sideshows around the 100th episode as well um, just to celebrate the fact that we've managed to keep this thing going for such a long time okay well that's it for another episode of Lave Radio if you would like to get in touch with the show then you can email us as I've just said at info at laveradio.com facebook forward slash Lave Radio at Lave Radio on twitter or you can join the skype chat channel by adding fozzer 101 to your skype contacts the TeamSpeak server is uh, where most of our commanders come to hang out if they're playing in-game. You can get there by going to laveradio.teamspeak3.com. Uh, and obviously we record this show, or we attempt to record the show, on a Tuesday evening at 8.30, which is streamed out live at laveradio.com forward slash live, or on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. If you prefer your Elite Dangerous podcast slightly more role-played, then you can check out the broadcasts of our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, at huttonorbital.com. Thank you very much to Alan, to Ben, to Chris, to Grant, and of course, a massive thank you to Zach for coming onto the show this evening. Until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy.